Hey everyone, I'm your host, Ichi, and welcome to What Happened Again podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back, and I hope everyone had a great new year. So to start off our 2020 season, we're going to be continuing on the Oscar series, and today's episode will be focused on Marriage Story. And so I've mentioned this in the previous episodes, but the format of this podcast will be a summary and recap of the movie for those who haven't seen the movie and don't mind being spoiled, or for those who just need, you know, a reminder of what the movie was about. And then that will be followed by my thoughts and reviews on the movie. And so I know some of you guys have already seen this movie and don't really want to sit through the whole summary. And so down below in my description, I'll place a timestamp as to where my review begins. And so you guys can just skip ahead and listen to the content that you want to hear. Another warning that I want to give before I go into the summary portion is that the summary and the review section will all have spoilers in them. And so if you haven't seen the movie and you do want to watch it spoiler free, I suggest stopping the episode now, go and watch the movie, and then you can come back and listen to my review on the movie. And so with that, let's begin. So this movie is called Marriage Story, but it's not about, you know, the lovey-dovey parts of marriage at all. It's actually about the complete opposite, which is divorce. And so there are three key characters in this movie. The first is the wife, Nicole, who is played by Scarlett Johansson. The second is Charlie, the husband, played by Adam Driver. And the third is their son, Henry. The movie begins with each person in the marriage kind of describing their partner in a very, very loving way. Charlie says that Nicole is a very kind person who pushes him to do his best. She grew up in LA as an actress, and she even had like a huge role in a teenage party movie. But then she went to New York, met him, moved out there to do theater with him, and they eventually had a son. She's described as a mother who like really loves to play with, you know, Henry, not just like fake play, but like real playing. And he says that she's his favorite actress. And so it then switches to Nicole's point of view as she describes Charlie as like a very neat, self-sufficient man who just rarely gets defeated. She has like a lot of mood swings and everything, and he just lets her go through with it, doesn't get upset at it. And while the mother loves to play, he loves to do all the nitty-gritty dad things that no one really likes to do, like getting up at night and all the tantrums. And the theater company that him and Nicole both work in, he built that company from the ground up. And so he makes sure that everyone feels like family. And so these are very you know, nice, loving, positive traits that we've just learned about these two characters. And then you realize that they're actually sitting in a counseling room right now you know, with their marriage counselor. And everything that we have just heard is actually written into these letters that they wrote for each other. And now they're supposed to read it out loud to their partner and to this marriage counselor. And Nicole refuses. She just absolutely refuses. And she goes, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I refuse to do it. And she just storms off. And so now they're at their apartment. Um, they still live together. And they're just discussing their future and their divorce. And so Nicole mentions that she'll be moving to LA with her son in order to film um, you know, this TV show. She just got a job and they're filming the pilot episode soon. So she's bringing Henry along with her as she's working over there. And then they mentioned the divorce and Charlie says that they don't really need a mediator. You know, they can handle everything themselves. They're still amicable. And so 
they can split everything evenly and when Nicole and Henry come back from LA, they'll get apartments near each other and continue raising, you know, Henry together. And he says that it'll be what everyone wants and so the conversation ends well. And now we flash forward in time to when Nicole and Henry are in LA and they're currently living with her mother and she's like filming this TV show and she's talking to a crew member and she's like ranting about Charlie. She's like, he never lets me direct. He never listens to me. And this crew member refers her to a divorce lawyer. And so Nicole visits this divorce lawyer named Nora and Nora tells her to just tell her story. And so Nicole tells her story of, you know, she was in LA, she was this actress, but she just felt dead, like a part of her wasn't there. And so when she met Charlie in New York, she started to feel alive again and she never looked back. She got married there and they had a son together. And at first she was the big named actress that got people to attend the theater shows. You know, whenever they saw her name, they wanted to see her. And so they went for her. And then she realized that as time went on, she became like every other cast member that was a part of the show and his name became the draw for the audience and then she started to realize that she didn't come alive for herself she just was feeding into what he wanted you know feeding into his aliveness and so when she got the job in LA she thought that he would be very supportive for her but instead he just made fun of her and asked her to funnel the money back into the theater company and that's when she realized you know he doesn't see me for me but he just you know, only thinks about himself and this theater company that he runs. So now Charlie is visiting Nicole and Henry in LA and Nicole's very nervous because she now has to serve the divorce papers to Charlie. And so he gets there, he goes to her mother's home where they're staying at. And the first thing he tells her is that he's won the MacArthur grant. And apparently this grant is like for theater geniuses in New York. And so they're all celebrating, they're super happy. And she's like, oh, you deserved it. This is great. And he says something along the lines of, it's yours too. We did this all together. And so now it's time for her to serve the divorce papers. And it completely catches him off guard because he had mentioned before that they weren't going to use lawyers. But she like dismisses the fear by saying things like, oh, it's just a formality. And you know, you don't have to rush. And so now Charlie is going to find his own lawyer. And the first one he comes across is this very, very expensive lawyer. And he realizes that things are about to get more complicated than he thought because Nicole's lawyer, Nora, is one of the best in the business. And so they're going to have to play dirty along with her in order to get, you know, an equal share in anything. And so this divorce lawyer tells Charlie, you know, these cases are all about narratives rather than the truth. Because Charlie's over here saying things like, oh, like she would never take anything from me. We discussed it. We're very amicable. Like, I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to hurt her family. And the lawyer he's talking to is like, I'm sorry, but like, you're going to have to play dirty. You're going to have to be a little crazy because Nora's crazy. And if you don't meet her, you're going to lose a lot. And so they are talking about the situation they're currently in. And they realize that things are about to get a bit more complicated because to the court, they look like an LA family. They were married in LA. Their son was born in LA and he was served the divorce papers in LA. And although they lived in New York for 10 years, because all of those major milestone things happened to the court, you know, they are an LA family. And so in terms of narrative, that's where Henry should be living. And obviously Charlie doesn't want that because he wants everyone to move back to New York with him. And so he discusses this with the lawyer more and realizes that he doesn't really want to do things the dirty way. He doesn't really want to lie. And so he dismisses this lawyer 
and just goes back to New York to work. And so um, I think several weeks have passed and Nicole's lawyer, Nora, finally calls him and says that he can't wait any longer and that he needs to find a lawyer. Um, and if he doesn't, then they could possibly take everything from him, including you know full custody of his son. And so it's after this point where he goes back to LA and it just leads to this series of misunderstandings and miscommunications. And so the first one is that Charlie had made a Frankenstein costume for Henry because they were going to go and dress up together. But then when he comes and picks up Henry and they're in the car, they're discussing the costume and Henry says, you know, instead of Frankenstein, mom bought me a ninja costume and so I'm going to wear that instead. And Charlie's like, but I made you this Frankenstein costume. It took a lot of work. And Henry, like, doesn't care. He says that he's going to be a ninja, you know, instead. And so Charlie's driving him to meet with different lawyers. And um, he goes to the front office of one of the lawyers. And they said that they actually cannot meet with him and that they have to cancel the meeting because Nicole had already talked to that lawyer. And because of that, they're not legally allowed to represent Charlie in this case. You know, Charlie asked Henry, like, how many lawyers did your mom see? And he says something around, like, 11 lawyers. So now that's 11 lawyers that... Charlie can't work with anymore. Now Charlie is dropping Henry off at Nicole's place and it's Halloween and he's like, okay, so where should I meet you guys? Like what time? Like give me the details as to what's happening tonight. And Nicole says, oh yeah, like I thought about it and I think it'd be best if we just went separately, which, you know, Charlie wasn't expecting at all. He thought they were going to go all together, but Nicole just kind of drops this onto him. And so she says, you know, Henry can have two Halloweens. And so Henry goes for the first Halloween with Nicole and now it's really late at night and Nicole drops him off at Charlie's place and Henry runs into Charlie's apartment and like dumps a whole basket of candy out on the ground and Charlie's like, all right, let's go to second Halloween. And Henry's like, "Uh, I'm kind of tired, like I don't really want to go. But Charlie's like, come on, like we haven't had Halloween together, let's still go out. And so they go out, but everything's, like, completely dead. Like, they go to, like, a bunch of dark neighborhoods, and there are scenes where he, like, rings the doorbell, and, like, no one's coming out. And so finally they just resort to, like, going to a grocery store, and I think the cashier, like, gives them, like, a free piece of candy or something. And so now they're back at the apartment, and Henry dumps out his basket of candy, and instead of, like, a full basket of candy, now it's just, like, three measly pieces on the ground. And so he just runs off and starts playing by himself. And... You know, Charlie comes and talks to him and he says like, oh, do you like it here and everything? And then Henry says like, yeah, he really likes it here. And mom said that if I wanted to stay in L.A., you know, we could stay. And so Charlie is very taken aback by the statement because he was under the assumption that after the TV show was done, that they would move back to New York. And so he calls her and says that he wants to talk. No lawyers. And um, they get into this huge argument about L.A. versus New York. And she starts saying that he's so selfish and shouldn't be shocked that she wants to live in New York because apparently they've discussed it before in their marriage. And so then she mentions that she has read his emails and she drops this huge bomb saying that she knows that he cheated on her. And so now they're all in this meeting room um, with the respective lawyers. And so Nicole has Nora and Charlie has found a lawyer named Bert. And Bert is an elderly man who, you know, is for the people, for the truth, and is very tame compared to all the other lawyers we've seen in this movie. And so they're going back and forth between whether or not um, Charlie and Nicole are an L.A. family or a New York family. But the problem is that Bert is too tame to go against a lawyer as skilled as Nora. Because remember, Nora's like one of the best in the business. And so after this 
Charlie decides that he can't have Bert as a lawyer anymore and hires that first lawyer that he met, the really expensive one. And so they're at court, and now things are a completely different ballgame. It's no longer arguing about, you know, LA versus New York. It's all about the narrative. And so they are attacking everything. And so everything that we've seen in the movie so far, they're now bringing up and like spinning it for their own favor. And so, you know, on Charlie's side, they request the money that Nicole makes from the TV show. And on Nicole's side, they're requesting the money that Charlie's getting from the MacArthur grant. And so they start bringing up other things that we've seen in the movie as well. And so they bring up the affair that Charlie had. And then it turns on them and they bring up the email hacking, which is completely illegal. And they bring up the fact that Nicole had mentioned that she drinks too much alcohol or the fact that Charlie was late to pick up Henry and he didn't have the cart seat properly installed. And so everything that we've seen is now coming back to bite them in the butt. And it's just like a very tense scene. And so um, the court kind of just ends it there and says, we don't know what to do. And so we're going to bring an evaluator to see how they are individually with Henry at home. And so that just, that's how the case ends. And so next, Nicole comes over to Charlie's apartment and says, you know, I want to talk just us. And of course, he's like, I told you we should have done that from the beginning. And she kind of dismisses it. And at first, they don't really know what to say to each other. They're just like sitting there in like separate seats. And then he starts and he says, you know, I let Henry go to school in LA because I thought that you guys were coming back to New York afterwards. And she says, you know, that may have been your assumption, but we never expressively said that. And then she goes on and she's like ranting and just kind of getting really, really angry and just repeating some of the same things that she told Nora about, you know, how their marriage was hell and what she didn't like out of the marriage. And so this is where Charlie gets like really, really angry. And this is where the argument like really begins. And he says, you know, you don't want a voice. You just want to complain about not having a voice. And you and I both know that you chose this life. You wanted it until you didn't. You used me so you could get out of LA and then you blamed me for it. And then he starts, you know, admitting things and he says stuff like, I was in my 20s and I was hot shit and I wanted to do so much, but I didn't because I didn't want to lose you. But now I lost my 20s. And so he like punches the wall and he gets like really, really upset. And finally he blows up and he says, I wish that you were dead. If I knew that Henry were taken care of, I hope that you would get hit by a car and die. You know, something along those lines. And that's the end of the fight. You know, they all said what they wanted to say. This was one of the only scenes where they were alone together talking. And, you know, maybe everything was just bottled up, but it erupted. They all said everything, and that's what it ended on. And so the next scene is when the evaluator comes to Charlie's house and starts asking a bunch of questions. And, you know, Charlie's like really nervous. Like, he's kind of describing, like, their daily routine and everything. And he's getting some facts wrong and correcting himself. Um, like, oh, you know, we go to Henry's practice and his coach's name is this. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. It's actually this. You know, like, he's just like minor mess ups. And so the evaluator then goes to Henry's room. And Henry's, like, playing with his toys. And it seems like he likes Nicole's place better because it has more toys and his family's over there. And... Charlie just seems like he's losing in terms of the fun parent. And so they have dinner. And during dinner, Henry mentions this knife trick that Charlie can do. And so it's after dinner and Henry's in his room playing. And so now it's just Charlie and the evaluator. And things are really awkward. And so Charlie pulls out the knife and he's like, let me just show you the knife trick. And it's something where like he like pretends to cut his arm, but he like retracts the blade before he does it. But this time when he showed her, he didn't retract the blade all the way and actually cuts himself on the arm. 
And she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, she's obviously not because there's like blood dripping everywhere. But like she finally goes away. And the moment she leaves the apartment, he like runs into the kitchen to try to bandage it up. And there's blood like everywhere. And he falls to the ground. And at this point, everyone's like, oh shit, like what just happened? And Henry comes in to the kitchen to get some milk. And he just looks at his father on the ground and is like, are you okay? And Charlie like rolls around to hide the blood and it's just like, I'm fine, I'm just tired. So that scene comes to an end. And so you learn later on that Nora and Charlie's lawyer, they settled and Nicole is going to be able to claim her LA residency. She's going to be able to keep Henry in LA. Neither side of the party was able to touch the other person's money. But the main prize was always going to be Henry and Nicole ultimately won the case on that. And so now we're into the future. I'm not sure how far into the future, but Charlie flies to LA and walks into Nicole's house to see Nicole's new boyfriend, Nicole's mother, and Henry playing with like Nerf guns and everything. And no one's like really paying much attention to Charlie. They're all like, hey man, what's up? But they're continuing on with their like gun game. And um, finally they stop and Nicole's boyfriend introduces himself and Nicole walks in and says that she got an Emmy for directing, of all things, not just acting. And they all go upstairs to put on their Halloween costumes. And it's really sad because when they do that, they all go into different rooms to get ready, closing the door behind them. And Charlie's kind of just left um, at the top of the stairs alone. You know, he doesn't go into a room. He just kind of stands there as all the doors around him have closed. And he looks at the pictures that used to be filled with him and his family. And they're now filled with like other pictures that he's not in. And as they're changing, Charlie tells Nicole that he took a residency at UCLA and that he'll be moving to LA for a while. And so the movie really ends with Henry next door in his bedroom and he's like reading this letter that he found and Charlie asks to see it. And it turns out to be the note that Nicole wrote at the very beginning of the movie, the one that described Charlie and all the loving things that she liked about him and the one that she like refused to read at the counseling session. And so... He um, reads the rest and just starts tearing up and Nicole slowly walks through the doorway and she starts to tear up as well in this moment. And then they do Halloween and afterwards Henry goes back with Charlie at night and the movie ends right there. And so now we'll get into my thoughts and review on the movie. And I've actually seen this movie twice. Um, I enjoyed it much more the second time than I did the first time and I'll explain why. But basically... The first time I watched it, I came in with very, very high expectations for this movie. I, you know, saw it everywhere on Twitter. I saw it everywhere on just like any social media and people were really raving about it. My roommates were really excited for it as well. And so when Netflix um, gave out the release date for this movie, we had planned like this huge movie night for it and everything. But when I was watching it, I actually didn't feel like any of the hype or the excitement that I thought I would feel. I actually was just like really bored during this film. Like there was moments that were good but overall I was just like really bored and another thing to mention is like for movies I don't think that you should ever like pause a movie halfway or like split movies up between multiple days I think you should really like just like watch it you know all the way through to get the full experience but this movie was actually so boring that two of my friends just got up and left halfway through the movie like we paused the movie because one of them had to go home I think um so we had to drive him back to the metro station and then my other roommate 
just like didn't want to watch it anymore so she went back to her room and like this was like the middle of the film too so it was just like really funny because normally this would never happen like the movie would just continue but none of us were like super feeling it and it was really bad because I think coming in with those high expectations while I was waiting for it to hit like while I was waiting for it to get like really good I missed like all the smaller nuances of the film and so when I first watched it, I felt really bad for Charlie, like, you know, during the Halloween scene and everything. I was like, oh, that's like a really sucky situation. Like, I feel really bad for you. But I was like, he kind of sucks and he's really bad for Nicole. So it's like kind of his fault, you know, like it just that's just how it happened. And especially with him cheating on her during their marriage, it was just like really hard to root for him. Like there was like it was unfortunate what's happening to him, but I just didn't care. Like, I was like, okay, like, you brought this upon yourself kind of thing. And another thing that really made my first watch not as enjoyable, and this is completely my fault, I don't know why I was doing this, but I was so fixated on Scarlett Johansson's performance. And so her character, Black Widow, like, in the MCU, I just don't find her that interesting. I also don't think her acting is that great in the Marvel movies. I think she's, like, really monotone. Um, no emotion, just like really boring to watch, especially since she has like no powers and so it's just like, I don't know, some girl like punching and stuff. But because I had that like idea of Scarlett Johansson before coming into this movie, whenever she had like a scene where she was acting like really well, I wasn't even like watching the scene for the scene. I was just watching her acting and like the whole time in my head, I would be thinking things like, oh wow, okay, I see you. Like, I guess you can act. And it was actually really bad because during that, you know, really large fight scene towards the end that was like super emotional, my roommates um, that were still watching with me, they were all crying and everything. And the whole time I was just like watching her like, good job, Scarlett, like good job. I see why people think you performed really well in this movie. And like, I don't know why I was thinking all of these things. Like, I'm not an actress. I don't know how to act. So like, why was I critiquing her so harshly? But that's what I was doing during the first time. And so that huge fight scene, I wasn't even like really paying attention that much to the dialogue. I just kept watching her facial expressions and her acting. And so, yeah, a really dumb thing to say, but that's what I was doing during the first watch, which is why I didn't think it was that enjoyable. I just wasn't taking it for what it was. And so when I watched it the second time, you know, I got over the Scarlett Johansson thing. You know, I wasn't watching the movie, anticipating and thinking all these things in my head about like what I thought was going to happen. I already knew what was going to happen. So now I could watch the movie and actually like take in the dialogue, take in the settings and everything and just start taking notes. And when I watched it a second time, again, like I said, I enjoyed it way more. And I also started seeing a lot of different things that I missed the first time. And so the main thing that I missed that really changed how I perceived the movie was the blatant miscommunication that was happening between Nicole and Charlie, mainly due to Nicole. So like I said before, the first watch, you know, I felt bad for Charlie for some parts, but ultimately I was like, okay, you're bad for Nicole. You kind of deserve what you got. That's just how it happened. But now on the second watch, I noticed that most of the miscommunication was because of Nicole. And so she seemed very victim to me the first time. And now when I'm watching again, I'm like, it was kind of your fault this whole time. And so the first big um, example of miscommunication was the first scene when they're supposed to read their, you know, letters about each other to the marriage counselor. And she's the first one that's like, I'm not doing it. I'm going to storm out. And so she like refused to even try to like fix this marriage. 
And another really big one is the fact that Nicole gave no like indication that she was planning on staying in LA um, even after her TV show because Charlie had mentioned like two or three times before the huge phone call where he's like, why didn't you tell me you're staying in LA? Like before that, he had said so many times like, oh, well, we can discuss it when you move back to New York. Or like, when you move back to New York, we're going to get apartments near each other. It'll be fine. And so he like mentions it multiple times that they're moving back to New York. And rather than Nicole say like, actually, I've been thinking about it. And like, this could happen. She just kind of says like, oh, yeah. And it continues on with like what she was talking about. Or she'll just like ignore it completely and like continue on with her other things. And so during that big phone call argument, when she's like, you shouldn't be surprised that I want to be staying in L.A., because um, we discussed this, like, no, you didn't. You never discussed it. Like, maybe you discussed it during your marriage, but Charlie even brings up the point, like, we discussed many things. We discussed going on certain trips and stuff, and those never happened because those are just discussions. But Charlie gave, like, actual, like, when you come back, when you come back, and she did not say anything to make him think differently. And so when she said that we discussed it, like, no, you guys, like, really didn't discuss it because he wanted to or he brought up the topic at least, and you ignored it, and you just kept leading him on, or at least that's how I felt. And so other, you know, moments of miscommunication were um, when Charlie first comes to LA to um, visit them, and he comes over to the mother's house, he has all his luggage there, and I mean, he's expecting to stay there, I guess. That's, I mean, that's what they've been doing this whole time. And then um, at night, Nicole just says, where are you staying? And you could tell he's taken aback, and he was like, oh, well... You know, I didn't, I didn't really think about it. And she just says like, oh, well, there's like a hotel on the street that's pretty cheap and nice. And so she basically like kicks him out and like they never even discussed it. Like she never brought up the topic. And I guess, you know, it's also on him to have thought about where he was staying. But again, miscommunication that ultimately led him to the more unfortunate side of the situation. Other things, again, were um, when he got served the divorce papers by Nicole, she says oh, it's just a formality, you don't have to rush. And he took that to heart, you know, he thought he didn't have to rush. And then a few weeks later, now he's getting a phone call from Nora saying that, you know, if he doesn't find a lawyer, she can take everything, including Henry. So now it's no longer just a formality, it's literally taking everything from him. And the whole no rush was completely false because there was a time limit and he was not made aware of this time limit. Again, her saying you need to find a lawyer, but not telling him that you can't go to the same 11 lawyers that she had already seen. The whole Halloween situation where he made the costume, but she actually bought Henry another costume. Or the fact that he thought that they were doing Halloween together and she decided last minute, you know, I actually think that we should do it separately, leaving him to have the worst Halloween with Henry with no candy. And so it's just a lot of things that she withheld from him. She didn't communicate properly with him. And so... This may not have been her intention. Maybe she was just like subconsciously doing this. But at the end of the day, like Charlie did get the worst end of everything because she just didn't communicate. And I mean, that is a telling of a failing marriage. I mean, that's why some relationships and marriages fail is lack of communication. And so like it really is like a nice reflection of divorce, um, which is just really sad. And again, I felt extremely bad for Charlie. And even more so the second time when I was seeing how he was being blindsided like left and right. But again, I mentioned this before, but the one thing that made it so hard not to be like 100% Team Charlie was the fact that 
he cheated on her during the marriage like that's something that you can't overlook and if that had not happened um I mean I think it would have been a no-brainer for me I think I would have been on team Charlie but of course that's just part of the equation that you can't ignore and again even during the big fight when he says the thing like you know I wish you were dead I wish you would get hit by a car like that was also like not a really good look for Charlie so like you really feel bad for him and then he like does like stupid things like that and you're like oh like you're not that great but the second time I was definitely more team Charlie than I was team Nicole and so this movie just has like a very interesting painting of divorce and not interesting in the sense of like a weird take on it interesting in that like I've never gone through a divorce and so like this was all kind of me experiencing this for the first time but I have had you know friends or at least my mother's friends who have gone through divorces and this is a pretty accurate portrayal like at least from what I've been told about their divorces in terms of like it drags on when you're trying to fight for custody it really does drag on for a long time and these lawyers aren't cheap and so while you're fighting for your child you're also losing so much money in the process and like only one side's gonna win you know so it's taking a long time it's costing a lot of money and it really sucks when one side does lose and they have to pay like child support that's like even more money on top of everything that they've already spent and lost and so it's really never just like a good situation but I think this movie really did capture just like all the really bad feelings that go with divorce you know the the boiling hate that you have towards your other partner because they're taking everything from you during this process again it was just like really real and the ending was also just like really sad to see Charlie come back to LA um, but to see that everyone had like moved on with their life without him again the scene when they're all walking up the stairs and they go to their separate rooms to get ready for Halloween and they close the door behind them and he's just like left standing there um, with a bunch of closed doors like he's just kind of the extra now like his son really didn't greet him that well you know Nicole's moved on with a new boyfriend the mother that he was like really close to also didn't like greet him super well and so they've moved on you know the pictures are all replaced and it was just like really heartbreaking to see that and especially you know when he was reading the letter and both of them are tearing up and it's like well maybe if you've read the letter during marriage counseling we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now like maybe you guys could have fixed it with help but at that point it was like far from fixing and I don't know it just seemed to me that Nicole manipulated the whole situation to come out on top and push him down like the fact that Nicole was able to get the directing Emmy she got the boyfriend she got the son like she definitely came out on top and the fact that you know he didn't get to go to Broadway like his play never got to go to Broadway he ultimately came back to LA to live there which he was fighting so hard against it like he got nothing and she got everything so yeah it was just like a really sad movie and so I want to move on to a segment I call facepalm which is just like bad parts of the movie like not bad in terms of like I didn't like it or like I didn't like the emotions I was feeling but more of like why did they put this in like I don't understand and so I have two moments for this section and the first one is when Nicole is in Nora's office for the first time and she's like telling her story and so she's like telling her story about you know how her marriage was hell and she's like doing a really good job she's like tearing up she's like really emotional and then like twice she cuts her story to like comment on the food that she's eating so she's like talking about Charlie talking about her stuff and she'll stop and be like oh wow this tea is like really good where did you get it and then another time she's like oh wow these like 
cookies are really good or something, biscuits, I don't know. And you're like, why did you do that? Like, why did you just stop in the middle of the story? Because I was really captivated. I was like, okay, tell me more. Like, tell me more about what's going on. Because again, this is one of like, the beginning scenes of the movie. And then whenever she commented on the food, it just like, took me out. And I'd be like, why? Like, why did that just happen? So that was one facepalm moment. Another facepalm moment are the two songs at the end of the movie. And so like Nicole sings one for sister and mother and then Charlie sings one by himself. And like I know the lyrics pertain to the situation and I know like it's kind of metaphorical to like what's going on. But to me it just seemed like really random and I really didn't enjoy it that much. And like it was also really long too. Like I think Charlie sings like the whole song and I'm just sitting there thinking like when's this gonna end? Like what why did they put this in this movie? And so the next section is obsessed. And so these are things that I really, really liked about the movie. And I loved the scene with the lawyers, like all of them. Like whenever there's a lawyer in the room, I loved that scene. And I think maybe I just like movies where like people sit in rooms and like talk. I guess maybe that's why I love the social network so much. But like when Charlie first meets with the expensive lawyer and the lawyer is telling him like they need to reshape the narrative, like you messed up, like you should have done everything in New York, but now you're in LA, so we need to reshape it to make you look like, like a good father and stuff. Like I was sitting there like, okay, yeah, like I've never done this before, but tell me more about the process. Like tell me more about what I have to do. Or like when the lawyers are all together in the room and they're just going back and forth attacking the other party and then like bringing in so many insults. It's just like super exciting because you've seen the scenes that they're talking about, right? Like the whole car seat thing, the drinking situation. Like we saw those scenes play out, but now they're being told in like a different way. You know, the lawyers are twisting it and turning it against them. And I'm just like, okay, like what are they going to bring out next? Like what are the stuff that they're going to attack them on? So again, really, really liked all of those scenes. And so the next segment is called quote of the movie. And this is just my favorite quote of the movie. And my favorite quote is when Charlie is in that huge argument with Nicole when it's just them two and he screams, you know, you and I both know you chose this life. You wanted it until you didn't. You used me so you could get out of LA and then you blamed me for it. Because, you know, watching it the second time and watching all this like miscommunication happening on Nicole's part, I was like, you're right. Like she wrote really good things in her letter, right? She was obviously happy at one point and like we didn't get to see what happened in the marriage so we don't know you know his side her side like who's telling the truth and everything we just know what they told us but from what i gathered and how things played out like it did seem like charlie was used and the last segment is the overall ranking and so again i will not be giving um the movies that cover a numerical ranking because it just gets really tricky and so i'm putting them into buckets and so my buckets are love great good, like, all right, apathetic, and bad. And so I would put this movie in the all right category. And that's because I didn't like super hate it the first time I watched it. And I wasn't like clawing my face out when I had to like rewatch it again. But this is not a movie that I would suggest to watch during a movie night. And I honestly wouldn't even be that happy if someone suggested it. Like if someone else were to suggest it, I would probably be like, eh, let's watch something else. So for now it is sitting in my all right category. And so that's it for my episode of Marriage Story. Thank you all for listening. And so I was looking at the schedule and the Oscars are actually coming up very, very soon. They're coming up February 9th and there are a lot of movies to cover. There's a lot of good ones out there. And so I think scheduling wise from here on out, at least until the Oscars, in order to cover all, at least the best picture nominees, 
I will have to be putting out, you know, two episodes a week. And so schedule-wise, you all can expect an episode Sunday nights and also Wednesday nights leading up to the Oscars. And so I hope you guys follow along with the Oscar series. The next movie I'll be covering is Knives Out. And so I hope you guys stick around and I hope to see you soon.